You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hey, Melissa. Hey, Lisa. I know you're excited to talk about WDC 23, episode 398 of Geekiest Show Ever. What'd you think? It was long, but it didn't yeah. seem it didn't seem that way until they got to the goggles. And then I kind <laughs> and then I kind of tuned out there. The scuba gear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what we were just talking about that pre-recording. Let's let's talk about hardware first and yep. then we'll talk about software because I think between the two of us we're we're just a lot more excited about the software stuff. Which I was I had to say when you said you were impressed by certain things in our chat during the during the event, I was like, What? Lisa never <laughs> says she's impressed. <laughs> I was waiting I was so waiting for your classic meh. <laughs> Well, that's and then, how I felt about the goggles. But. Yeah, yeah, the goggles are exciting. Well, let's let's talk about um, the first was the first thing that they introduced was the MacBook Air 15, and I mean, to, for me, meh, because I, I'm really happy with my M1 still, and it, it'll be a while, so I'm just not in the market for for a new laptop. But for people who are, I know people for whom this this MacBook Air would fit really, really well. So you know, you can always imagine someone in your life that would really benefit from this i mean it's still you know two ports versus four ports that's i, I the like whole having thing. more ports yeah, exactly yeah. and the fact is yeah. you could say well you can just get some sort of hub for your extra ports mm-hmm. which is fine when you have a desktop yeah but not when you have a laptop yeah. in my opinion right i mean and i i like i really love my macbook pro because of the four ports because i can use it as my favorite way to use it is as a desktop sitting off to the right but it's my second screen so I have my main display and then I keep all my chat windows and like all the little all the interface stuff that has small windows I keep that on the laptop screen but then because because I'm a a technician a field tech I go out and I love being able to just unplug it and stuff it in my bag and away I go I do have to say you know I was a little bit interested only because when I had the 13 inch MacBook Pro, I thought that was kind of perfect because it was so small and I didn't need a whole lot. Like when I was out on house calls, I really only needed it for demonstrating some things and taking my notes and troubleshooting things. You know, it's it's my, my work machine. Um, but when I'm here at home, I don't need that big of a screen for it to be sitting there off to the right. So, but the idea of having a 15 inch that's an air Maybe you get that kind of benefit between the larger screen size and the lightness of it to make it more, more backpackable. Is is what I was thinking, but that's that's really all I thought about that. I didn't have too much else to say about that. Yeah, it's cute. I agree. Yeah. Same with the Mac Studio. I mean, you know, these are and the Mac Pro. These are for definitely very niche markets, and you know, there's there's they're really catering to. Uh, power pro users that are making movies and all of this stuff and yeah i mean they're they're great for what they're what they're for and i'm sure people are going to be really excited about them anything else to say on the mac front for you no especially because i'm not in the market so yeah we're happy with what we have and that's a good thing that's a good thing that's that's not a bad thing if we were in the market then yeah these these things would be really exciting for us. So let's move on then to the goggles, <laughs> the Vision Pro. It Masks. looks, it, it's it's amazing. I mean, I was really blown away. In fact, 
I actually watched it a second time last night with my husband. Um, he was busy doing errands and stuff. And so I was like, I want to show you this. I want to show you this. I just wanted to see what his reaction would be. And he was a little like, yeah, he was impressed, but he was a little on the mess side only because of, and everybody's saying it. Everybody, <laughs> maybe that's a, maybe that's a, a cognitive distortion, but it seems like more people than not are all balking at the price it was like $3,500 for this. And I mean, it's I'm not surprised. I was guessing like I was thinking, okay, well, you know, you have a laptop, say a, a MacBook Pro. It's running an operating system, it does all of these things. And it's got all this hardware. And you're you're paying for that form and function. And those cost around two grand, right? So I was thinking, you know, two grand, maybe something that's really tricked out $2,500. So I was thinking around three thousand because at, at first when I when they announced it and they started showing it, I was like, yeah, that's going to be three grand. I just thought that in my mind. That's what what popped in my mind because I was thinking about the price of a laptop. I mean, even just an iPhone alone, it's like a thousand dollars for like a base model, and then you go on up and it gets pricier and pricier. So you know, I was comparing it to that and what it had to offer, and then also the fact that it's this brand new, this brand new market, this brand new type of computing, spatial com computing, which I am excited for that, just that alone, just the, the idea of spatial computing is what really excites me. Not necessarily this device per se, because it's brand new. And you know, you look at it right now and you think, oh, it's, it's very thick and bulky looking. I mean, I was really a little bit more hopeful for something like Google Glass, something that was actually glasses that we could wear. And maybe that would be a lot more utilitarian, but this is a very specialized, you only use it for these, you know, it, it, it's really, I think it's more marketed to remote workers or people who are working, people who are doing, you know, business. Uh, I don't see how it's being marketed to other people. I mean, yeah, they tried to market the whole entertainment aspect of it, but come on, are you, is, is it just for people who live alone? <laughs> this is a one person, one device thing. You can't share this with your family. And I don't think you're going to get a family of four or a family of three even or a family of two even to have where you're going to both put your goggles on. I mean, what is this upload TV? <laughs> I was thinking about different TV shows. Um, have you you've watched upload on I Amazon, did. right? I think mm -hmm. you liked it, right? It was okay. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I was really excited for the second season. I, I hope that they make another, but I don't know if they're going to. But I was thinking about <laughs> when she was in like the love suit. <laughs> it's just, I can just imagine where that's going to go. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but you know, my brain did go there. I mean, everybody's does because that's the industry that's probably going to really take off with this kind of technology, spatial computing, if it hasn't already. Uh, but anyway, I was thinking about things like upload. And then have you, you don't have Apple TV Plus, right? Or do you? I do. You I do. don't have Apple TV. Right. But you you have the subscription to the TV yeah. service. Mm -hmm. Okay. Have you watched Silo? Not yet. Okay. It's on my list. I'm still trying to work right. my way through Ted Lasso. Oh, really? Oh, that's exciting. Okay. It, yeah. I'm sad that it's over. I'm not going to give you any spoilers, but I love Ted Lasso. But on the flip side of that, Silo is like very dark and sci-fi kind of. Uh, it's a little bit of a, what would you call it? Um Armageddon, like after some kind of dystopian, yeah, dystopian where something has happened to the earth. And now all these people have to live in this silo. I mean, you can see it in the previews, I'm not giving anything away. But uh, there's they, they talk about it in the previews, I think, too, where they talk about going out to clean when someone says I want to go out or something like that. They have to go out and and clean this this camera that's outside that's that's showing people what's out there. And that's the reason why they can't go out 
that it's horrible and people are going to die or something. And I just thought about that, these visors of like, how are you going to clean it? And so it, for people who know, if you know, you know, if you've watched Silo, and then now I'm going to, I'm going to put that in your brain as a seed. So when you go to watch Silo, you're going to be thinking about these goggles and how that, how they get cleaned and it'll be funny when, when you see it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, at first, when they first showed him, I was like, that looks like scuba gear. Some other people are referring to it as a ski goggle. So, I mean, that's just it. They're not the most fashionable looking thing. However, I can see how this could become a real cash cow in the way that Apple Watch has with personalized bands and color co uh, color coordinated power cords. And maybe they'll, they'll make the battery packs in different colors or someone will make a silicone skin for them. You know, I, I can just see how this could be customized if it becomes a thing. Um, amongst maybe younger users who are having parties with it or doing workouts together. So I, they didn't really touch on the health implications. Um, one thing that I, that I was interested in, as they said, you know, for people who are glasses, and I thought, oh, you know, it's going to help adjust something in the goggles. No, you actually have to buy add-ons, it sounds like. You have to go out and purchase prescription lenses that fit in this thing. So that's going to be another added expense. So it's not just $3,500. It's going to cost so much more than that when you factor in prescription lenses. And then if your prescription changes as it can, uh, all, all the extra things that you're going to be adding onto this thing, like different colored bands and stuff. So I can see how it can get really pricey really soon. So you know, the bottom line is that it just feels kind of inaccessible right now, but really, really cool. Like, I'm really excited for spatial computing. Um, I just don't think it's going to it's going to be a while till till people like us can actually ex access something like this. So it's exciting. It's exciting to see what will happen. I'll, I'll just be envying people who are using it because I've often yeah. thought, you know, as far as like the health implications, I was thinking this could be good for someone who's got disabilities or someone who's struggling with, say, like a work injury or something, you know, with with having osteoarthritis, I can imagine where there's times where I am stuck in bed and I do use my iPhone. I, I, I use my iPhone is basically my computer. But wow, would um, Vision Pro be really fantastic for someone with an injury, say you're recovering from a shoulder injury or, or something where you need to be in bed resting this could be really good, a really good way to still be able to get something done or even just, you know, just to take a load off of your brain and entertain yourself. Or I can see, you know how I love my my ASMR. I can see how, you know, this would be very therapeutic depending on what kind of content you're watching and listening to. I could see the therapeutic angle of this in a health in a health sense, you know, not just necessarily entertainment or productivity, but I could see this being therapeutic in some way also harmful too. I mean, it's got all kinds of angles, you know, the, a lot of people on social media, and I was thinking the same thing that people are saying, it's kind of creepy when the dad's like got the goggles on. I, I hate that we're calling it goggles, but I mean, that's just the natural word that comes to mind when he's got the Vision Pro and he's wearing it and he's taking pictures of his, his kids playing. I just thought, yeah, I don't really think that kids should be growing up watching their parents wearing this thing. I mean, you really need to have, I mean, if anything, the, the the pandemic has taught us how disruptive wearing a mask has been when you can't see a person's whole face and you can't read lips and you can't see all of the expressions. I mean, we try as best as we can to smile with our eyes, but now your eyes are going to be covered 
And the, the eyes are like, you know, your windows to your soul. And how are people going to be able to communicate? Yeah, sure, it shows you the eyes in, inside the, the visor. But when it comes to kids and development, I have my apprehensions when it comes to that. I know it was a struggle when I first had babies and I didn't have a, a smartphone when I had my first child. We got one sometime later, but then I did when Keegan was born. And I remember thinking like, I don't want my kid to grow up thinking that my face has this device in front of it all the time. Like I want him to see my face. And so I was really careful to, if I was going to take a, a video recording or pictures, I tried to like, just get it done and get it out of the way, you know, capture my moments. But I was always really kind of cognizant of how much I was putting that phone in front of my face in between my face and his face, you know? So I just think that parents need to be conscientious about that sort of thing when it comes to that. Okay. I'm done with that. <laughs> Okay, got that, got that off my chest. <laughs> we'll see what happens when it finally comes out. See yeah. what the use cases are. Well, and I'm worried about like the dangers and like people like you know complaining about problems with their retinas or something. I'm sure that they've thought about all this stuff, but I don't know. I just I have some concerns. Excited but concerned. Yeah. Why don't we move on to something happier like yeah. iOS 17? Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, yeah, the software had me really excited. I was really excited for some of this stuff. Um, we talked a little bit about our wish list last time. I don't think anything has come true yet that I could see that was on our wish list. Like I was really hoping to see contact sharing. Um, well, okay, so there was some contact sharing. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, as far as just like, being able to share an entire list. So I am kind of hopeful that they're thinking about the idea of sharing contacts between people and and ways to make that easier. So I'm hopeful that maybe, like you said, they probably they're they're listening to us because there were some things in watch OS that you want to talk about. Uh, mm -hmm. But maybe maybe they're listening and they're working on that and making a way for us to be able to share an entire list or multiple lists with other people with other family members or just within a family, you know, if, if it has to be limited to that, just like with photos. So that isn't there yet. But I have hope that it will be coming. Do you remember? Do you remember the the app that was called Bump, where you could yeah, well, it, go to yeah. a conference and bump your phones and share it. Yeah. And I they, think yeah, weren't they, they took bought it from out? Android. Oh, I don't know anything about that, but Androids could do that. They just touch phones and you share information, and now we can do it. Yeah, and I know there was a lot of to. things. There were several things that popped out that I was like, oh, well, you know, Android or Google already did that. And I've I've always thought that yeah, there's other. Samsung or Google, you know, some other software company has already or Windows has already done XYZ. But in my I'm biased. And I just I know when Apple does it, it's just got more polish. It just seems it's gonna like be it's better, better. Yeah. <laughs> it's already out there, but Apple made it better. So what did you think about the custom cards that you can make as your contact? Uh, I was a little meh about that one. I mean, it looks fun. Uh, I'll definitely try it and tinker it out. I mean, f from a business standpoint, I, that's my first thought is that, oh, I'll probably make one for my business. And then when I share my information with my clients, I'll, I'll probably be using that feature just for that. But for every other day, I don't know that I'd use it that much. The first thing that I thought of is when you're watching TV shows or movies and they're using iPhones, when somebody calls, that's what you see. Right. If they're holding the phone, especially when I'm still watching Days of Our Lives, <laughs> and they use iPhones on there, though they try to hide it, but you can tell it's an iPhone. And you can see that, you know, one character is calling the other, and it will say, 
555, blah, 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 whatever the number happens to be. Mm -hmm. And it will have, it'll say Melissa calling and have Mm -hmm. a big picture of Melissa's face. I'm like, that's not what it normally looks like when you call somebody. Well, do you, so let me ask you this, in your contacts app or in your phone app where you edit contacts, do you add people's pictures? I do, but it's not this full, you know, I think that that is a setting. I think that's a setting that you might be able to change because I do have that when somebody calls me, if I have their picture and the way that I have my notification coming up, let me look real quick in iOS. So this is an iOS 16 settings phone. Incoming calls. Yeah, I've got full screen. Okay, yeah. I do. Okay, so it's not It just looks different the way they're doing it now. Oh yes, yeah, the way they're going. I should say the way it, the way they're going to be doing it. Yeah, it's it just, just looks, more stylized version of that. It just looks too much in your face. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. If it's just one picture, then yeah, I agree. But if it's going to be like a poster, then I think I think there's room for you to be able to be really creative about that. Like I said, from a business standpoint, you could make your own. You know, like I mean, it kind of guess it takes notes from social media. What do you do when you sign up for a, so- a new social media account? You have your avatar, and then you have your background photo. I mean, most of them have that. There's always some kind of like Facebook has a banner, Twitter has a banner, Mastodon has a banner. All of these social media have some kind of a banner in the background that sits behind your avatar. So I think that they're kind of doing something like that. And I I really think that you can design, you know, you can use graphics to design your poster. It doesn't have to be just a picture of you. It could be your logo, it could be your business contact information. And when you call, you know, it identifies you clearly as as your business and, and promotes your brand. So I can see it being really u- utilized from a business standpoint. That's why I said, like like I said, between between friends and stuff, yeah, it might be cool. You know, when you get a call and, oh, Elisa made a, a, a fun new picture or like, oh, there's a picture of Melissa and her puppy dog or something. So it, it'll just, it'll just be, be nice to see. It's a nice touch. Yeah. They always have to have something gimmicky to, to start it out yeah. with, right? <laughs> now, one, but one good thing they have as far as the phone is concerned is the live voicemail. So you can oh, see yeah. a transcript of the message and then you can determine, oh yeah, this is a call I need to take. That's my dentist confirming my appointment or, you know, that's my kid calling me or, you know, that's somebody I want to talk to right now, which will be great for those numbers that you don't recognize mm-hmm. and you go, oh yeah, they're trying to uh, sell me my uh you know, car warranty, then you find out it was the person that you've been trying to get in touch with, but they're calling you back from a different phone number. Or for doctors, like for example, doctors, a lot of times anybody in the medical field will call you from a blocked number or not a blocked, uh, an unknown, it'll just say unknown, because they hide their caller ID. Especially if they're calling from a personal line, they don't want you to have their phone number for obvious reasons. They don't want to get harassed by people. So that'll be helpful for that. You know, if you've been waiting for this call, I mean, in all in all, it helps us all protect ourselves. And I think this is going to be really great for older people. And I, I you know, my mind just goes back to that because I, I work with the vintage community and this is basically mm-hmm. giving you back your answering machine, right? I mean, we went from having an answering machine, a separate machine that stayed plugged into the wall. And you know how it used to be when you'd be like coming in the door and someone's calling and like, Elisa, are you home? Elisa, can you pick up, pick up the phone? Where are you? Like, I don't know. Did your family do that? Because my family did that. Yeah, yeah, we did. (laughs) 
Or, you know, especially like that was how we, I can recall a time when that was how people communicated with their, their elders. They would call and they would, you know, leave a message, but they were waiting for the person to pick up. In fact, in fact, actually, that's exactly what my grandmother would do. I remember when she was still alive after my grandfather had passed and she was living alone, she made a strict rule that she would not answer the phone unless she knew who was calling. Like she, if she was, now, of course, she wasn't as quick to get up anymore and get over to the phone to see it in time. I think eventually they did give her Rome phones that she could see the ID on. But for the longest time, you know, she just had, you know, one telephone in, you know, just a, a few select rooms. So she'd have to go and walk over to the phone and she would either, if she was near it where she could see the caller ID and recognize the number, then she'd pick up. But for the most part, and I would, I would witness this happening. She'd wait for the call to ring. She'd wait for the answer machine to pick it up. And then she'd listen. Hey, mom, it's me. Are you there? Pick up, you know, and then she would pick it up. <laughs> so, so this is basically bringing that functionality back to the mobile experience where now you can travel with basically what used to be like an answering machine. And it's funny just even talking about that, like there's a whole swath of people, there's a whole generation of people who probably have never experienced that. Like when I tell you, you know what that means. Like we've both experienced that. We've lived through that. But there's a whole generation of people who have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> you had hey, a machine? I, li I lived life with rotary phones mm -hmm. and no answering machines. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm old enough to, to have lived through that time where we had to be tethered to a phone and... Yeah, getting an answering machine was a huge novelty. That was that was the iOS of our day. You know, that was really yeah. exciting, and then it became really annoying. But uh, yeah, so that that'll be interesting how that feature is brought back. Now, again, same thing with this feature. Google has already done it, so I've been using that feature for a number of years with Google Voice. I use Google Voice for my business. And I use that phone number. So like I told you, I'm shopping for a car. So every time they ask you for a phone number, I always use that one because then when they call, I can do exactly that. I can set it up so that if I'm expecting a call, I can hear the caller coming and leaving a message. And if I want to, I can interrupt them leaving a message and say, hi, I'm here, you know. So, so yeah, I've already been using that feature and it'll be nice to have it available um, an iPhone. It, it'll be interesting if people start to abuse it, though. I'm like, you know, I know you have your phone on you. I know you can hear me. <laughs> now, uh, messages, this feature I thought of you right away, and yeah. it was check-in. Let yes. your friend know when you arrive safely. So you, yes. you can check in automatically. Uh, it notifies your friend or your family when you arrive at your destination. And then what it also does is it will, um, it checks with you to make sure if you're not, you know, to make sure that you're responding. And if you don't respond, it will share helpful information, like the location, the battery level, if the cell phone mm -hmm. service uh, status of the phone. So that way, if you know, you if you tell your kids be home at five o'clock, and it's 505. Mm -hmm. And you're calling and they're not answering, but you have check in turned on, it will let you know, oh, gee, their battery died. That's yeah, why. exactly. Yeah, this is another uh, digital umbilical cord type of a thing. <laughs> Apron strings, if you will. I Yeah, of course, I, I like those kinds of features. And I was thinking about it from that angle. But again, also, I'm thinking of it from a business angle as a, as a freelance consultant who travels. Um, I have already used where I will share my ETA with a client, like especially I have a, a client who is is deaf or hard of really hard of hearing. And so I didn't want to, you know, surprise her, I wanted her to know, so she didn't have to be constantly looking out the window. 
Um, she does that anyway with, with anybody that she knows that she's expecting. But when I sent her the location and she could see where I was on the map, she found it really helpful. She's like, oh, that's really cool. Like I, you know, that was really helpful to know that you were going to be here and ringing the doorbell. So, so yeah, I will definitely make use of that for business. That's, yeah. that's, I mean, I would feature. use that with my middle son, you know, he lives in Virginia and I, I mm-hmm. he knows, I tell him every time, let me know when you get home and he doesn't call. He'll just send me a text that'll say home. Right, right. Yeah. But I know that he got there okay. So with something like this, he doesn't even have to. Yeah. He can just say, you know, he can just check it in on the app and then I'll know that he got home. It's definitely going to be a handy feature, especially for people who live in, I mean, for people who live anywhere, but I know especially out here, it could be really cool because we live in the desert where it's like so vast and there are just big, big, huge areas where there's no cell service. And especially going between here and Flagstaff, you have to navigate the switchbacks and, you know, hope that you don't break down and, you know, it can be kind of a treacherous journey. Um, so something like this is really helpful for when a family member goes up to Flagstaff and or coming down so that they can let you know that they made it. Okay, so. And then I know you're going to love uh, making your own stickers. Yeah, that's fun. That's fun. I've only done it a couple of times. Um, <laughs> really cute uh, picture that my my sister-in-law sent me of, of her daughter, my niece. And I went and tapped on it. She was standing there. I think they went to Disney and she was standing there with Pooh and Tigger. And I just tapped on it and it just lifted right out of the picture. I mean, I guess it was just, it was composed perfectly that all I had to do was long press on it and it lifted it right up and made this perfect little sticker sticker of her standing with Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. It was really cute. So that's, that's a fun thing to play with. Yeah. Okay, so now going into FaceTime, you can record a video or audio message when someone misses your FaceTime call, which will be great for me when I talk to my 90-year-old aunt, because Mm -hmm. sometimes she doesn't hear the the ringing. Yes. Sometimes she's sleeping. Sometimes she's just in a different room. And a couple of days later, when I call her, I'll say, I tried FaceTiming you, and she's, oh, I didn't notice that. Now she'll notice. Yeah, that and will be great. Yeah, so when she picks up her iPad, she'll see that I had called her, and she'll call me back. Yep, it's definitely uh, a hearkening back to that old uh, answering machine. <laughs> We're getting answering machines back now and then. I liked the uh, reply in line. It makes it a little bit easier to do that. I, I think that's cool. Yeah, messaging is really exciting. I, I like I like when they fine tune and put extras on messaging because I use that a lot. So we have location um, sharing, check in, reply in line, live voicemail, interactive widgets. So I'm not really a big widget user, but for the people who want to play music or turn off the lights from their home screen, that'll be great. Yeah, um, I think I'd use that when I was traveling. I wouldn't use that every day, but I would definitely like to have that when I'm traveling. Yeah, and we already talked about the airdrop, which is the the bumping mm-hmm. of sharing information. Um, let's go back up a little bit because I wanted to touch on the FaceTime. We talked about leaving a message, but mm-hmm. also uh, reacting with your hands when you're in a FaceTime call. And um, and that only works if you have the M1 or further chip. Okay. So that won't work for me because I'm on an, uh, still on Intel. Is that for, this is an iOS though. It looks like you can do it in iOS. Reacting with your hands oh. and FaceTime on Apple TV. So, jumping you ahead see? of myself. That's on the Mac. Sorry. I was going to say, I'm ahead. still on iOS. <laughs> jumping ahead. But well, I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit. It, it comes across on the Mac too, but yeah, the, the reacting with your hands. So I guess if you, 
if you put your, you can press a button, but if you use your thumbs up, I think it is, there's a little video that, yeah, when you use thumbs up, you get fireworks yeah. behind you. And what this reminds me of is, do you remember when, back when we used to use iChat? Do you remember yeah. the, where you could like move your head and then sit back up again and you have a roller coaster behind you or... No. No, There's, I don't. No? So no. When, back when we used iChat, you could have backgrounds. Like you could put yourself in an aquarium and uh, it made it look like you were on a roller coaster. What were the other ones? No, was, I don't remember that these at different, all. There was these different effects that you could have while you were in a FaceTime call, but using iChat to initiate it. So that's what it reminds me of. That's that's mm -hmm. what I kept... I, I guess nostalgia is the word that I would use. I, I feel... Watching this, I think that's what excited me so much was that there was a lot of nostalgia of, oh, hey, that's something that we had before. I don't know where it went. It went away or, or something, and now they've brought it back again. And I, I kept finding it, like, like the answering machine, like, oh, we stopped using answering machines, but oh, you know, now we can have answering machines again. Or the listen in as, as, as a call comes through. Or these these effects. I just there's been several things where I, I felt like they were kind of reaching back and bringing some of that stuff forward again. And FaceTime on Apple TV is going to be really great. We'll definitely use that. I know <laughs> during the pandemic when we couldn't get together for Thanksgiving and holidays and stuff, um, I had an iPad on a uh, tripod, you know, something I use for a camera, and I had a, a something that would fit the iPad. And that's what we would do for Thanksgiving. We would put family members on the iPad so we could sit there with them kind of like they were at the table in a way. Oh, it sounds so sad when I say it out loud. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, that's that's what we would use. And uh, there's been times where we would use it with the TV and I would airplay the FaceTime video onto the TV so that we could all sit on the couch. But we still had to have that iPad like propped up on a on a on a tripod there, but it sounds like this will be made for it because I know there was problems with feedback and the speakers of the TV bleeding into the microphone of the phone and then the person on the TV could hear themselves. And so, so I'm excited for this, that there's actually going to be a, a featured way to use this. So that's really exciting for me that I know I'll use that a lot. What else? Um, then we went to, so you talked about standby Journal activities. Oh, journal is next. Oh, we talked about a little about widgets. Yeah, the journaling again. Thought of you. Uh huh. The big question. Yeah, the big question is: Will this Sherlock day one? Yes. Or does day one have more features that will make people who use day one continue to sus to subscribe to it or any other journaling app that they they're using? Those yeah, are the questions that I yep, want to answer. We'll just for have you. to wait and see. Well, I can I can tell you so far. So yes, there's going to be a lot of wait and see. But just basically, what they demonstrated um, wasn't enough to want me to stop using day one. I thought it was when I first saw it, but then I watched it again. I was like, mm, no, day one definitely still has the angle on this, and I'll tell you why. Because if it's going to be what I think it's going to be, and I and maybe I'm wrong, and I kind of hope I'm wrong in a way, because I would. I mean, I, I do love day one. Don't get me wrong, I love day one. I would like to continue using it, but if I, if I'm honest, if Apple gives me a way to save forty bucks a year, and I'm looking to buy a new car, I probably would like to save forty dollars a year. If if it turns out that Apple does something very similar. Or or Sherlock's it all together. I, I don't know. It could be that could be that someday maybe Apple buys day day one. I don't know. 
Um, but if it if it's gonna trend like I think it will, I kind of think that Apple's idea of a journal, it's probably going to morph over time, or they might just end up, I don't know, because we have the notes app. And how many people use the notes app for journaling? I know I do. In, in some ways, like when I'm sharing stuff with my family, I don't use day one to do that. I use a note because that's just easy because they all have it. Notes is so much easier to share something with somebody else because it's already on their phone. You don't have to like ask them to install another app and sign in and all that kind of stuff. So it just, it's there and it just works. Um, but for personal journaling, like your own diary, um, it seems like it's a little bit on the limited side. I mean, yeah, it, it pulls in the music you're listening to, where you've been on the map, all the same stuff that day one does, but they only said coming to the iPhone. So you know it's going to be a while till they then bake it into the iPad because that's usually how these things go. And I'm certainly going to still keep using D1 even after this is announced, I think. I mean, of course, I'm going to try it and I'm going to want to learn how to use it and I'm probably going to demonstrate it and teach my clients how to use it because I know some of them are interested in that. It's kind of a bare bones thing though, whereas day one has way more features. I mean, you can write in Markdown, you can bolt headlines. I'm using it very actively. There's um, an online network that I'm participating in and I'll take notes from the things that are published there and copy and paste them into my day one journal. In fact, that's the other nice thing. I don't know if if journaling will do this, but for example, in day one, same thing with notes. In notes, you can create folders for notes. So for example, I have one called kids. I have a folder called health. I have a folder called finance. I have a folder called home for, you know, all the home maintenance and things like that. Notes that I keep on that, logs, things like that. Um, in day one, you can have individual, now this is if you're a premium subscriber. So I am a premium subscriber you can have separate journals. And I want to say it's unlimited. I think you're limited to a certain number when you're on different plans. Uh, but I have the unlimited and I made an entirely separate journal just for this, this network that I've joined just for this, this thing that I'm that I'm doing for mental health. And that's where all the notes for that specific activity go. And I can use keywording. Um, I can import pictures, I can record audio, um, I can mark down things. I can, you know, have bold lines. I can have checklists within a note, which you can do with notes also. Uh, but the thing that they haven't mentioned, and like I said, they said it's coming to iPhone. They said it's coming to iPhone. They didn't mention iPad, which it probably will end up in iPad, but probably much later. But there was no mention of it on Apple Watch. And the thing about day one is, you can do everything across all the platforms. I can use day one on all of my devices, including my Apple Watch. Not Apple TV yet anyway, but I can use it on Apple Watch. And that is really, really handy. Um, you can, on your Apple Watch, you can tap, you know, I have complications for it. So you can tap something, you can talk into your watch and record a journal entry with, with text dictation, or you can record audio. And it'll also take an account to where your location is, what the temperature is outside, all those kinds of things factor in. In fact, I think if I'm not mistaken, it might even, if it doesn't, it probably will. I think it counts towards your mindfulness minutes. So if anything, day one is going to have these integrations because then later on they talked about health and tracking you know, and mental health. Remember that part? 
where you could, mm-hmm. you know, kind of notate how you were feeling. I mm-hmm. think all of that stuff is going to be kind of intertwined where I bet you now that they've opened up the API, I bet you day one will hop on that and say, we're going to integrate this into our journaling app and maybe make a section where just like with keywording and location entry, you know, that does it for you. They'll probably make a section where you could tap on those things and it will sync up to Apple Health and create that that chart and that that data plotting for you. So I can see how day one could stick around and utilize some of these new features within their app and still remain kind of like king of the hill when it comes to journaling, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? I don't journal, but I think for people who would like to start, this is a good way to get your toes into it. Yes, I definitely agree. That's why I said like kind of on the limited basis, I'm more of like a journal power user. But yes, definitely just to get people started thinking about it. It could be like the gateway to something like day one. So that's why I think at first I was worried about day one, but now I'm not really. I really think that they have the staying power based on what I was just saying, how I think that day one is more powerful and it's still going to serve that community of people versus this is kind of seems like, oh, it's just going to pull in the things that you already have on your phone and kind of make it for you. And like you said, just get your dip your toes in. But for the rest of us that really need a lot more features than day one's at where it's at. And like I said, they already have a foothold in iOS, Mac OS, iPad OS, and watch OS. Okay. So let's see. Some of the stuff is, yeah, okay. Nothing earth shattering. <laughs> Auto, autocorrect where you can yeah. just write a ducking message. I yeah. Yeah. I, I can, I can, I can verify that. Yes. Anytime I've written the other word, it comes up duck. I'm like, nope, that's not what I meant. But you know, there's uh, a workaround for that, right? <laughs> oh, I have lots of shortcuts. Yeah. I just already went I in have, and replaced that. I, I yeah, was like done with that. I'm not dealing with this. Yep. If I want to oh, yeah. swear, I'm going to swear. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, you can share a set of passwords with contacts. So that's kind of like a one password. Yeah. Again, I think one password has the foothold on that and it will remain so because I just, I think, like you said, it's good for people who are starting to think about this and dip their toes into it. But I mean, let's just, let's, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna talk about it. I'm just gonna go there. Phones have been, you know, ripped out of someone's hand while while someone was watching over their shoulder, typing in their password at a bar, you know, that could happen. So say you're in a family and you have younger people in your family who are bar hoppers or partiers or whatever. You go and you share your password to something that could somehow touch your money somehow. I mean, if it's just your Netflix password, it's probably not that big of a deal, except that if someone hacked your Netflix account, maybe they could get your credit card information. I don't know. Yeah. But the point is, is that you go and you share passwords with people. They might not have the same paranoia. <laughs> they might not have the same amount of uh, scrutiny that you have. And, you know, you can't control that. You know what I mean? You're at the mercy of whatever security hygiene that they have. And they might not have very good security hygiene. They might go to parties, they might go to bars and type in their password instead of using face ID or, oh, my thumbprint doesn't work because I was holding my 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 glass and my feet, my thumb was cold. So I'm just going to type it in because, you know, woo, I'm drinking. And, you know, I mean, it happens. It's, it's a human, it's the human condition. I'm not, I'm not victim blaming, at least I'm not trying to anyway, that's not my intent, but it happens. It's happened to me. I mean, not that 
I'm saying it could happen to me. I could see myself in a situation where it's like, oh, I'm just going to type in my password, you know, but I'm a little bit more like, oh, I'm going to like maybe type in my past, my password behind this pillow or, you know, hide it or go into another room or something. I just think you have to be more careful. And I don't think everybody knows that. So I would be a little bit, a little bit worried about sharing passwords in that way. I think you just have to really think long and hard and evaluate how that might fit your needs and how it would still keep you secure. And if you really trust the people that you're sharing those passwords with. Otherwise, I think really one password is, is just a better way to go. It kind of keeps all that stuff kind of walled off and separated so that even if your phone did get hacked, I think your stuff is still safe in one password. I mean, I see this that sharing the passwords of like what you and I do for the podcast. We both have the password yep. to yep. the website, so that kind of thing. You know, if you change the password because WordPress said you got to change the password now, you mm-hmm. shoot it over to me. You right. Know, this that, would that's be, how I look at it. That's how I look at it. Yeah, this would be a kind of like meeting people where they're at. Like, say, I could also think of it from an aspect of like, let's say I'm volunteering at the school and the other person, the other parent that I'm collaborating with, we needed to share a password because we were, I don't know, doing something online that required us to share a password, whether it was the PTO and sharing the Facebook account, that sort of thing. Yeah, that could come in really helpful. Again, I think you have to be really picky and choosy with which password you're going to share and with whom and and make try to make your decisions that way. But again, one password still fits that bill because, you know, I've worked with people where I've needed to share a password with them. And I've used the password sharing feature in one password to share it. And then that way I know it's encrypted and they can do whatever they're going to do with it. They're going to save it in their password manager of choice. So again, it's like, yeah, there's the Apple way of doing things, but there's still the out of the box way of doing things. Yeah, so moving ahead to music a little bit, you can collaborate on playlists, invite friends to join your playlist, and people can add, reorder, and remove songs. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Mm. Um especially the reorder and remove. I don't like the idea that if I have a song on a playlist and you are collaborating with me and you say, I don't like that song and you take it off, like, uh, no. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that yeah, works Yeah, we'll definitely out. have to play around with it. I could, see yeah. for, I could see a really good use case scenario for this feature. Let, let's say you're planning a wedding and you're trying to pick your favorite songs for the different dances. I could see how collaborating with people that would that would be fun Hmm. to make a shared playlist or you know a shared travel playlist or you know anything where you're going to be listening to music for a while or collaborating on a dinner playlist something that you want to play when you're hosting i could really see how that would come in handy um i wanted to go back up back up to safari real quick because they mentioned profiles or oh we're not there yet that's on mac os right nope that's here Create a profile so you can keep things separate, like work and personal. Mm -hmm. Again, something that Google has been doing for years with Mm -hmm. Chrome. However, it failed miserably with horrible, horrible effects for me when I tried it in Chrome. And that's why I just stopped using Chrome. It was just eating away my processor. It was a horrible experience. And every time I went to use profiles, because that was really, really handy when it did work for the kids. I would, especially when we were learning remotely, um, I did have separate profiles sh- set up so that they could have their personal profile and their school profile on the computers that we were using in the home because their Chromebooks were just like really dinky at the time. Um, so I can see how that would be. I-, I would probably try using that again, but I'm 
probably going to have that once bitten twice shy feeling initially because of how how borked it was in Chrome. Okay, back to oh oh this is interesting too. Uh, autofill verification codes received in mail. That's actually really cool because isn't that the same thing as yeah that's the same thing as what they do when they text you a code. Oh, I'm looking forward to right. that. Right. Yeah, because what I currently do is, like everybody else, you copy and paste. I don't. I wait for it to come through in the message, and then I just click in the field, and, and then it's right there. Well, sometimes it, it doesn't. Like, I had to yeah, sign in something this morning, right. and it says, we will email you your right. six-digit code. Right. And so there that's is no when text. This, right, that's when this yep. comes in handy. Yep, this will be yep. great. So that's a yep. really cool thing I didn't know I needed, and now I'm glad that it will be coming yeah. to all the operating systems. I hope that's yeah. going to be on macOS. I assume it will be. A lot of what we've talked about is on all the OSs. Yeah. Not everything, but a lot. Mm-hmm. Like the AirPods Pro, adaptive audio. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, unfortunately that won't work on mine, but it will work on yours. And are you are you mine. really happy with your AirPods? Are you are you yes. really using them a lot? I use them every time I go to the gym, and, and they don't I, fall out, right? Um, I'm I spend a lot of time just readjusting, readjusting. Not full, they don't fall out, but they feel like they are. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of twist them a little bit. I'm telling so, you, you gotta try memory I've, foam. You gotta try memory foam. That will solve that problem. I was just doing that I, the other day because I felt like it. In other words, it doesn't feel like it's filling up your your ear. But when you put a memory foam one on, you pinch it, put it in your ear, and then it expands, and then it makes it feel like it's it's filling up your ear so that it doesn't feel like it's going to fall out. The noise cancellation is fantastic. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, isn't I'm it? in the locker room and I pull out the pod and I put one in one ear and one in the other, and then silence doesn't it just kind of make you go <sighs> it's I just hear the yeah, loud music the i don't hear the people chatting around me i love it it's great yeah, like yeah so I'm, I'm real i'm definitely really happy with them um one thing i saw here that kind of blew your mind as we were chatting before we hit the record button was the visual lookup so you can take a picture for yeah. example a recipe yeah and then you can find recipes that are similar yeah, that is mind blowing. To that photo, That's, wow! So, I wouldn't find that very handy because yeah. I don't do the cooking, but I think my husband's going to like that. That'll be yeah. Really so cool. that'll be interesting. Now the health app will have mental health and vision health features. So for your mental health, it'll ask you how are you feeling right now, and you can say I feel good, I don't, I'm pleasant, I'm not, I'm tired. So you can put in how your emotions are and kind of get a handle. So between the journaling mm-hmm. and the health app will help you with yes. your mental health. See, and I can see how something like day one could take advantage of this API if if they're able to, but they might be able to pull that in and into the day one and actually, oh, you use the app, you use the health app to log this. We'll, we'll take that information if you if you opt in for it, if you toggle that switch on and import it into the day one or vice versa, because they can do it that way too. If you log something in another app, a third party app, you can give it permission to read and write to your health app. You know, like when you use a scale or certain fitness devices, I can see this being a thing for other journaling apps where it'll automatically populate this stuff based on what you're doing in that third party app so you don't have to leave that app but it'll import, or I should say, 
yeah, it'll sync up that stuff with your health app. So that's, that's exciting to me, because I do like looking at that kind of data. I really do. I think this will help a lot of people. If, yeah. if we can get people thinking about it, I think it'll be really helpful. So is there anything else in iOS 17 before we move on to iPad? Uh, yes, I think download maps and use offline has already been a thing, but now it looks like you can do an area of it. Uh, view information like hours, but all, all by doing it offline. I don't think that was available before. I think you could download instructions, but I don't think you could download things like hours and stuff. Um, and then enhanced electrical vehicle routing, see real-time charge station availability along your route. That, that'll be helpful for in the future because we are going to be looking at getting a, uh, not an all-electric vehicle, but maybe some, like a FEV, something that, that does have the capability to charge. So I'm trying to be mindful of that sort of thing. And then I don't know how I felt about this. You don't have to say, hey, Siri anymore. Right. Just be able to say Siri. And that'll be interesting. I guess it's getting better, right? I mean, I think it's learning our voices. So I can say that and it didn't, it didn't set your phone off. Well, you have it, you have headphones on, but if, if somebody's listening to the podcast, well, let us know <laughs> if, if I say, Hey Siri, uh, does it set off your, Hey Siri? Cause I'm kind of tired of saying, Hey S lady, but it would be nice to not have to say that, but I wonder if we'll still have to do that since now they're just cutting it down to Siri. So that will be interesting. Uh, let's see. Spotlight, when you search for an app, Spotlight intelligently offers you app shortcuts to your next action. So that's interesting, whereas you could just search for apps before. Uh, okay, we went over visual lookup and stickers, the health app, security, protections for sensitive videos and photos, extends beyond messages. This is for communication safety. Did we look into this? I don't remember. I don't think they went over this, did they? FaceTime messages. That'll that'll be helpful for the kids. Sensitive content warning. Oh, mm. uh, what about this lockdown mode? Oh, lock lockdown mode. That's interesting. Yeah, and so much more. Yeah. Oh, um, do we want to go over PDFs? We were we were talking about that a little bit. Yeah, that would be under iPad. <laughs> See, now I said PDFs and it and it tripped up my Siri. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the concern was: is this new PDFs feature is it going to Sherlock something like Riaddle's, um PDF Pro? But it didn't. They didn't. Uh, they briefly demonstrated it. But our question that's looming is: Are you able to do the things you can do in PDF Pro, like rotate pages and switch the page orders around and? delete pages like you can in preview. I mean, I do all that stuff on my Mac, but I just, I know I can take, I know I can make, I, I make PDFs plenty of times on my iPhone when I go to print something, but you know the trick where you go to print something, you know how it gives you the view of the pages that you're going to print. If you take your fingertips and pinch outward on that little tiny thumbnail, it will automatically turn it into a PDF that you can then mm -hmm. save. Right. But then I've never really... I don't think I've actually, well, because as I'm making the PDF, I'm doing it from the print menu. So I know if there's like a blank page or a page that I don't need, I just uncheck it. And Correct. then I pinch out and then I make my PDF. So I've already done the editing on the front end of things, but I'm interested in what's going to happen on the back end of things after you've made the PDF. And, you know, we can always import them into books. I mean, I usually use the files app now. I'm saving more and more of my PDFs 
in files, like I'm putting them in the folders where, where they belong. Whereas I think I don't want to save them in books necessarily, unless they are a book, unless it is an ebook. So there's, there's just right now, I don't know, there's just like lots of ways, there's lots of different places where my PDFs are ending up. And it's now given me pause to think about how I want to rein that in. So it depends on what it is. You know, the, I make PDFs mostly for genealogy. I'm saving a record. I like just like you said. I'm on my Mac. I go to print, but before I hit print, I scroll up a little bit and I put open in P- in preview, mm-hmm. and then I rename it, yep. save it, and then I drag it into that person's file mm-hmm. on my genealogy program. Mm-hmm. You can actually save it where you want it while you're name of the file, but I'll talk to you about that later. Well, no, I, I can't with the genealogy program. Oh. I, have to dra- I have to drag it in as a piece of media. Uh-huh. Interesting. So I just save it to my desktop. I drag it in where it yeah. needs to go. Because sometimes it's a census and there's five different people. So right. I drag it into five different people. I see. And then when I'm done, then I trash it because I don't mm-hmm. need it anymore. Yep. So. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I'll, I'll be interested. I'll be playing with that when that feature comes out for sure, because I definitely work with a lot of PDFs. I'm always PDFing something. So in the and so much more section, uh, things that I found interesting was the reminders with grocery lists. It says grocery lists automatically sort items into categories to make shopping easier. And so that's something that we use already. And I think it's just going to be made that much better when that feature comes out. And then another thing that I think has been on a lot of people's wish list, I know it has been on mine, to share uh, air tags uh, with other family members. Because right now you just you have your own air tags and it's per each other's phone. So you can't you can't really share that information. So I would like to be able to go look up where my kid put their keys. <laughs> you know, I, I really could find that useful. And then something that I don't know that I'll use, but I, I know people who will use this. Uh, if they have the Apple News Plus subscription, um, if you're like me, we have we have Apple One, so it's included in that. And I really do like the news app. I, I need to use it more. I need to maybe put it on my front page or something. But I have been checking that more and more because I really like being able to curate and customize my own news feed and kind of get all the other stuff out that I'm not interested in. But it does say that uh, new Apple News Plus subscribers can dig into daily crossword puzzles. So they're going to add crossword puzzles. So that'll be that will be interesting. I'm already using the, the audio stories. I find those really good to listen to in the morning. Um, in the in the photos section, uh, the People album is now better than ever. And it's going to recognize your your pets, your dogs, and your cats. So you know I'm going to be playing with that. That's, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Um, let's see. I didn't look at fitness. Is there anything? Oh, were you going to talk about fitness? Redesign when it comes tab? to the watch. When okay. it comes to the watch. All yep. right. We'll talk about that. And I haven't used Freeform yet. That's been on my list of stuff to play around with. Um, Memoji. Yeah, now you can make Memoji stickers. So that'll be fun. Um, and we already talked about PDFs and in Notes. Um, there seem to be some some new features coming to Notes that I'm looking forward to. Okay, you want to move on to iPadOS, yeah. which is a lot of the same kind of stuff. So Yeah, we'll so we can skip over a lot of it. Yeah. Um, let's see. With iPads, so, oh, the lock screen, you can really personalize. There's going to have new wallpapers to choose from, and then widgets. Widgets and live activities. Oh, and they brought health to the iPad. That, I think, is going to be really great for 
um, seniors when they're uh, say managing their medications. Um, we have a family member who's struggling with that right now. And I could see how that would be really helpful if you had that medication list and say, okay, you know, check in every day. And, you know, did you take these medications and check off that list? I, I just think that could be really, really helpful. And you can also set up reminders to you know, yes. did you take your medication? Make and, sure that you took it. I've been using that on my Apple Watch. That's been really helpful. And what I really love about it is that it tells you what the interactions are between different medications. So I load all of the stuff in there, even if it's just as needed. And then I have to think, wait a minute, can I take this now? Or is it too soon? You know, to I don't want to combine it with another medication. So that has been helpful. What else is yep. new? We've already talked about the PDFs and Safari. So I said a lot of this uh, goes mm -hmm. through all the iOS or excuse me, all the OSs. Yeah, but having the health app on iPad is going to be really great for a lot of people because yeah. it's in such a, a bigger format. And, I mean, my dad's already learning so much more just from using the health app in, in his iPhone. And I can only imagine how much better it would be on an iPad. Mm. What so else? it's pretty much more of the same of what you're going to get on iOS. Yeah. There's new you know, drawing so tools. That looks fun. Oh, there's a calligraphy pen. Oh, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Stage manager. I, uh, you know, I just haven't gotten yeah, into Yeah, I haven't gotten into that. that. Yeah, I but, haven't gotten into yeah, it. That's something I've got to play with. Why don't, we, yeah, why don't we go ahead and move on because we're starting to get short on time. Get over to Mac OS Sonoma. Woohoo. Nice name. I like it. I can dig it. Let's see. What do we have on Sonoma? We have different screensavers. From breathtaking locations from around the world. My screensaver is my concert tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? <laughs> I have an album and on uh, photos of concert tickets, and that's what it scrolls through. That's a good idea. Now, the widgets on the widgets desktop. On, yeah, widgets on I desktop. I don't know how I feel about that. Same, same. At first, I was like, uh-uh, I would not use that because I do not like clutter. I like a clean desktop. I don't keep anything on my desktop, at least not if I can help it. Like like you said, when you're dragging a file yeah. from one place to another when it gets difficult. But that's that's it. I don't. I, sometimes I even hide the dock. I'm like that minimalistic. Yeah. So having the widgets, I like them tucked away where I can just swipe on the trackpad or put my mouse pointer in the corner. But having them there on my desktop, the only the only reason I could think where that would come in really handy is if I'm on a house call and I use a timer widget, so I can see how much time has elapsed when I'm timing something. Like, okay, I'm going to start this project and I'm going to work on this, and while this is doing that, I'm going to do this. How long is it going to take? They told me it was going to take 20 minutes to install this thing. Okay, I'm going to set a timer. You know, then I could see that that would be really helpful having that available because I I might only have the notes app up on my screen, and then I could see the widget, you know, but other well, than that, when that's I work, thing. yeah, I work in full screens and I work in f not full screen as far as but, it, yeah, but it expanded. Removes, yeah, expanded. Right. I don't exactly. use these little tiny windows. And yep. I think if I did, even though they're supposed to blend into the background, so they're almost I transparent, I would still see them if you're using a small window. So at least if you're using a large window, you're not going to see them. In which case, I can just click the little, you know, the, the 
the two bars up at the top mm-hmm. of my Mac right now, and I can see different things, or I can go to the time, and I can see I've got the stock widget, I've got yeah. an, uh, yep. you know, a weather widget, and then I click again, and it's gone. Exactly. Yep. Or so, if you're in a trackpad, you just swipe. I'm not really sure. Right. I'm not sure. I might yeah. experiment, but I thought I would have widgets on my iPad, and I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have just like one want, or two. I just want my regular apps. Yeah, you kind of like you like what you like, and it's yeah. kind of hard to change. And like same thing with like Stage Manager. Like I have tried that, and I've tried it a couple times, and every time, like oh, I can't stand it, and I just turn it off. But I try it. You know, you, you never know what yeah. you're gonna like. I mean, I love Mission Control. I just absolutely love that. I have a button on my mouse that's programmed for it, and I can just press a button and go to a different window. But like I said, I keep all my windows for the most part, like my Safari window. Um, maybe like notes and reminders I might have side by side, but for the most part, my whole screen is filled with something instead of like a bunch of little things, you know? So I just like that clean look. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what else do we have here? Uh, use any website like an app. So you can add any website to the dock as a web app. Have you thought about what app you might convert into a web app? I, there used to be a app called Fluid that did that. And I looked it up. It won't work with M1s. You have to have an mm-hmm. Intel Mac. So it oh, would still work for me. I did it me. with, um, I used to do it for a little bit, like years and years ago with Facebook. Mm, okay. Yep. Yep. I could see that. And before, that was before there was an app. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, eh, it's, I don't know. I mean, I, I get why people would want to do that. I mm-hmm. right now don't have any use for it. Yeah, I'm trying to but think. I, I, I think like uh, maybe, for example, Square, like I use Square for my billing and invoicing. So I might turn that into an app. Or what about Airtable? Ta- Air That's something that we keep wanting to play with and we never get around to it. But I don't know that there's an Airtable Mac app. I think it's only for iOS and iPad. But that's something I'll have to look into. But that that'd be that'd be something we can tinker around with for the future yeah, to see one day. what that looks like. One um, day. The video conferencing stuff looked really great to me. I can't wait to try that. That looks like a lot of fun having having you in front of your presentation behind you and being able to to make a presentation. That's I can't wait to do that. Yeah. That looks really fun. You know, like um, we said before, a lot of the stuff is the same throughout all the OSs is Safari and the passwords and password sharing messages, stickers that goes across. I just wish with messages that we listen and do a better job syncing. Syncing. Yeah. Still having a problem with that. Right. And then deleting pictures when you go into the person's name and you want to just like delete, 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 Mm -hmm. delete. Nope. Mine don't delete. Still. Yeah. Um, the same advances with PDFs and notes. The search in messages looks like it's going to be improved. So yeah. that's good. Yeah, so a lot. Um, gaming, which I don't game. Yeah. It looks like improved gaming on the Mac. I always get excited for that for my kids, but then when it really comes down to it, like my eldest just, you know, they have the games that they like and that's that's all they want to yeah. play. Yeah, so everything uh, everything is pretty much the same. Even when you go down to, and so much more, it's a lot of the the features that you would get either on the iPad and or iOS. Mm-hmm. So nothing really, 
And then it just gives you a list of what the compatible computers are. What about dictation? Use dictation and no. the keyboard together. That's the I don't, I don't use the only time I use dictation is very briefly on the watch. See, I use it. I use it on the iPhone and the iPad a lot. But it looks like they're bringing that same functionality to Mac, which dic- the Mac has always had dictation. But it sounds like it's just this is just going to improve it. So definitely exciting stuff that we want to try out. You want to move on to uh, watch yeah. OS? Yeah, we'll end it up with the watch OS. Um, here, it looks like you can activate control center from any app, you know, by touching the side button. Okay, no big deal. New watch faces like Snoopy and Woodstock. Yeah, that's exciting. I love Woodstock. Put that on there. I wonder if it'll make the little sounds. They didn't say. Like little, like Woodstock makes little birdie noises. Woodstock and his friends, Oliver and Bill. <laughs> um, let's see. When you, if you, uh, they have different met, new metrics now for some of the workouts, like cycling, mm-hmm. which I know our friend Scott will probably appreciate because I know he is a cyclist and hiking. Again, they bring the mental health app to health, the mental health aspect to the health app. Yeah, it's really handy to have it on your watch for sure. And they're also going to be adding vision health to make sure that you're not in the sunlight too long. Oh, that's, I didn't, I missed that. That's interesting. Myopia. I always get confused. Okay, so nearsightedness means you can't see. Nearsightedness means, I thought that it means that you see closer or better than you do far away. Okay, then I'll be if you're farsighted, you see better further away. Okay, then far-sighted. I'm far I'm farsighted because I can't see the hand in front of my face anymore, but I can oh, yeah. see I can't see my dinner plate. <laughs> now, Apple Fitness Plus. Ah. Mm-hmm. And the angels sing. They listened. You can stack workouts. Yay. One of my little gripes with with workouts was if you wanted to do an aerobic type of workout, followed by, a, say, a strength, followed by a mindful cool down, you had to start, stop, then start, stop, then start, stop. Now you can stack them. So the example they give is a cardio, 10 minutes, followed by 20 minutes of strength, followed by 10 minutes of yoga. Yeah, that's, that's going to make it a lot better. And it's just going to make it so much easier. Like Just like you're at the gym, you're just going to flow mm-hmm, from one mm-hmm. to the other. And then it says you can have custom plans. So you can select personal workout preferences, including the days of the week, your duration, workout duration, and types of workouts you like to do. If you have particular trainers that you like better than others and the kind of music, then you can create a custom plan. So what works for me doesn't necessarily work for you, but we can each do what works best for us. Mm -hmm. So I think I like that. Yeah, because too many times I get discouraged because it seems like so much work just to get it going. So this this way you can just set it and yeah. just do the workout. Yeah. yeah, and on your watch, they'll have the follow-up medication reminders. Yeah, that sounds like a, a nag to me, which is what I need. I need to be nagged. Yeah. And name drop. You can name drop from your Apple Watch. That's really cool. Yeah. Download your maps, you know, if to use offline. And you can still do video messaging, playback, and audio calls. That's really cool. Yeah. And it works with Apple Watch Series 4 and above. 
Yep. But not all features are available on all devices. So you'll have to check with your particular watch. Yeah. So that, that was a lot. Yeah, that was a lot. And that's why our show is a little bit longer. Well, uh, maybe not so much for you. Right about an hour or so. I think we got in everything that we wanted to talk about. Let me check my list real quick once more. Throwbacks, password sharing, Safari profiles. I actually used paper. (laughs) It's amazing. Uh, Yep, we got it all. Okay. So, Melissa, if people want to get in touch with us and let us know what their favorite features are and what they're looking forward to in the new OSs, how would they do so? We have a variety of ways. You can go to geekishowever.com and you can click on the contact tab and that will shoot us an email. Or you can just email us from your favorite mail program. And that is podcast at geekishowever.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter and Mastodon. And do you want to give them our handles? Sure. On Twitter, I am at Elisa Paselli one. Melissa is at the Mac Mommy, and she's also at themacmommy.com for all things Melissa. Mastodon, Melissa is at the Mac Mommy at Mastodon.cloud. My Mastodon changed. I was able to get Mastodon.social. Yay. So my new address is at Sensei Dai at Mastodon not social. Uh, <laughs> Mastodon.social, not the abbreviation. And the show is at Geekiest Show Ever at TacHub.social. And I know I kind of blundered that, so just check the show notes. <laughs> we'll have all the links for you to click. Everything and tap will be away. there. Mm-hmm. So we want to thank you so much for listening. We will be back in a couple of weeks. And until then, please stay safe.